Today, the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we're going to go through MLW, Sui, WWE. Also, we're going to be talking about this fascination with this forbidden door with Impact working supposedly with WWE, the Mickey James showing up at the Rumble, Mickey James being apologized by WWE for her treatment while she was there. We're also going to be going through AEW Dynamite and Rampage Review. We're going to have that and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Welcome to another episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous one, ultimate one, of course, from New York City. And today we have uh, a lot to talk about of uh, the stuff that I've been seeing online on social media with this supposedly forbidden door with WWE and the WWE game Super MLW, which is going to be interesting in my opinion on that. But before we start, guys, uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And, of course, you guys could go and check out my website at tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. Again, that's tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. And there you can get your hoodies, your T-shirt, your uh, snapback hat, support the podcast. That will be greatly appreciate it on my part this will help the podcast definitely um so that i would appreciate so i just want to let you know that you can also listen to this uh podcast on apple spotify amazon music pop bean and any major audio podcast platforms that you guys like to listen to your show i just wanted to put that up up front um and of course uh you know just want to thank all my supporters and everybody who's been supporting my podcast for the last almost going to be three years already, uh, how time flies, and um, and I gladly appreciate it. Of course, this weekend I was at the House of Glory uh, of show, uh, Woman Runs the World, Who Runs the World uh, event, where they had an eight-man or eight-woman, uh, t- uh, actually an eight-woman singles tournament to crown a House of Glory Woman's Champion, which included Jordan Grace, Mercedes Martinez, uh, who was Diana Perrazzo, uh, uh, who was on um, Nicola Marcom, Nicola Markova, I think that's her name. Um, let me see, yeah, Natalia Markova. I'm sorry, I knew I messed up her name, but Natalia Markova. You had uh, again Mercedes Martinez. You have the Ultra Violet. Uh, you had uh, Samantha Garrett. So it was a good tournament. At the end, Natalia Markova wins the uh, House of Glory Women's Championship, which was a very short event. It was pretty good. It wasn't bad at all. I was able to meet Diana Perrazzo, uh, Mercedes Martinez. Of course, Jordan Grace, I got to see her. I wasn't too happy with Jordan's Grace attitude, and I'm going to be the first one to say I'm sure other people who have met Jordan Grace in the past 
may say the probably the same thing, but she was very, very snippy at the beginning. Uh, I was not too happy the way she came out at our phase when we did the uh, the meet and greet. Uh, so th- that'll be the last time I will be supporting her. Uh, Santana Garrett, beautiful person. Um, Mercedes Martinez, a cool ass chick. I mean, she's real quick. She's real. She's gangster. Uh, and Diana Perrazzo, a uh, beautiful person, sweetie, a sweetheart. She's shorter than what I thought. Uh, she was very short, uh, but she's no joke in that ring. I still support her. She's still, to me, in my eyes, the number one woman in wrestling in the world. I mean, she's walking around collecting belts. She's now the Ring of Honor uh, world champion, uh, woman's champion at that. And she holds the Reina de Reina Triple uh, A Women's Championship. So that was fun this weekend. Um, of course, House of Glory is in New York. They'll be having some great, great events there. We got this uh, a couple of months ago. got to see Amazing Red guest Will Ospreay. We saw Malachi Black as Buddy Murphy. The Eddie Kingston showed up unexpectedly. So that was cool. Uh, and House of Glory, I, I, you know, I support them big time. And, uh, you know, I'm going to continue to support them. They got another show coming up February 12th. But let's start this podcast and let's start with the biggest news that came in uh through um uh, i believe it was fight for select where they said that mlw filed a lawsuit against wwe because wwe uh stopped them from working with vice stopped them working with tubi tubi who is owned by uh fox sports fox sports and vice who is i think they are part of a e and it's funny because I remember during the summer, MLW had announced that they were going to be working at Vice and they were going to have shows on Vice. Now, I set up my DVR at that time to have shows at, you know, at Vice. But they only had one show. And then after that, my DVR stopped recording it. All of a sudden, I'm wondering why I'm not getting no MLW shows through my DVR. And then next thing you know, they're no longer working with Vice. And I'm like, okay, what the hell happened? All of a sudden, they're back at being sports, and they're back at the YouTube level, which I've been able to catch up with most of the MLW stuff. I have missed probably a two, last two, the last two uh, shows um, from the beginning of the year. It's too many, too much wrestling going on, um, and I was wondering what the hell happened. And as it turned out, of uh, someone in October, and this came from Fight for Select, saying that WWE had interfere in the uh, negotiations between Vice and Tubi with MLW. And it so happened that Stephanie McMahon was behind this. Now, I am not surprised that WWE would do some bullshit like this because WWE is scared of competition. They're already worried about AEW, and as much as they say that they're not, we all know that they are. I mean, they made a... a, a, they made a uh, comment about about AEW's um, content from, I believe it was from the show back in December thirty first. I think the show where I had we had Penelope Ford, the Bunny against Anna J and Ty Conti in the uh, crazy crazy match, um, and um, you know they. they <sighs> WWE had the nerve to say something about this. But we're going to get back to that as 
as long as I finish with this MLW. So as far as this situation with MLW, WWE stopped them from doing negotiations with Fox, Tubi, well, that's Tubi's part own Fox, and Vice. So we're not, I'm not surprised what WWE is doing here. WWE is getting hit from every angle. And you got MLW who's growing up, who's growing, has a good following and whatnot. Even though a lot of wrestlers claim that MLW does not pay a lot in their contract. And then you have AEW on the other side. Then you got, well, I can't say Impact because Impact sold it sold to the devil. Then you have NWA. Then you got New Japan. So they were getting a ring of honor at that time. So they were getting hit from all over the place. So they are worried that they are losing fans because fans are tired of the product, which is, I mean, who's not tired of that product? I sat down um, this past, uh, matter of fact, yesterday. I went through SmackDown. And I hate to say it, but I went through the whole, the whole show without looking at any match because I didn't care for anything that they had. They had a four-way match that lasted 25 minutes with made-up team where Mansoor teaming up with Cesaro, which, again, are makeup teams, okay, to get a shot at the Usos, okay? I stood there, and I'm saying to myself, this is a two-hour show, and I went through a whole show to see what? To see Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns do a promo and where they bragged that Roman Reigns was the longest universal champion of all time. And, what, and, I, and, I feel, and let me tell you something. If, if Roman had COVID, okay, he had COVID. But how is it funny that two weeks later, after he already finished COVID, now he's known as the guy who has held the universal title. He even passed Brock Lesnar's reign. He got 504 days, whatever it is, you know? I don't know. I don't believe anything WWE does anymore because of stuff, again, like what they were doing with MLW. MLW even claims that WWE was trying to talk to the wrestler while they were still on the contract with MLW. Kurt Bauer used to work with Vince McMahon back in the day. So my question is, why is Vince McMahon trying to take a company out of business that's supposed to be someone who he worked with or who was under him, had a good working relationship with him, and the fact that MLW supposedly uh, gave up the War Games name to uh, to uh, WWE, you know, like the, I guess the name of it, whatever. But you're trying to go after wrestlers that are under another company's another company's. You know, they're under contract with another company. I don't get it. Why? Why? But then again, I know why. They have not developed any, any, and I say any superstar in the last 10 years. The last wrestler that they had created that became big was Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. After that, they have not built anybody in their roster as far as them doing, producing new superstars. Okay? They contradict themselves every time. One minute they're saying they don't want wrestlers under over 30 to, to, to work with them, but yet they're doing this woman's raw, uh, this woman's raw's, uh, actually not raw, woman's Royal Rumble, and they brought Lita back. They're about to bring Trish Status back. They're bringing Kevin Kelly back. They're bringing back Mickey James back. They're bringing all these people over 30 to their Royal Rumble. 
but yet they claim they don't want Russell. They want to bring new eyes, young eyes to the product. Okay, they would went as far as to make a deal with the NIL next in line. Okay, because they want young product, but they because they they know they're not gonna they're not gonna fool guys like me who's been in the business and, and, and who watched the business of pro wrestling for many years because we know that they're gonna try to fool the young. The young um, generation, because this young generation, this uh, attention span, don't even last eight seconds, because they're gonna be like, "Oh, this is cool," and they're gonna get hooked real quick, because they don't know, they don't do research, they don't do background check, they don't do none of that. So I'm again, MLW, who has Alex Hammerstone as their world champion. They have, uh, I forgot that. Oh my God, the. The national champion of, oh, my God, Alex Kane, a young wrestler. They got Calvin Tugman, young wrestlers. The young GOAT, Marion Reed, young wrestlers. They they know what they're doing. But now they're going to get sued. And now the whole thing now is that they're going to drag this. They're going to drag this because now they figure, like, well, the only way we're going to win is drag this because – MLW is going to have to spend money every time this go to court. But this may backfire. My roommate was telling me, oh, but, you know, they got a lot of money. They're going to, you know, they're going to. I think this one is going to fail, and this one is going to bite WWE in the ass. If it doesn't, this is a messed up situation because this is what WWE does. They try to monopolize the wrestling business, the pro wrestling business, by doing stuff like that. Stopping other wrestling companies from doing uh, any type of uh, networking with, with, with advertisers and all that, which is nonsense. Because they tried to, they did the, they did the same thing to Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor back in 2018 announced that they were going to have their first show at Madison Square Garden. WWE tried to bully them, but it wasn't because New Japan Pro Wrestling interfered in that situation. Ring of Honor would have never had their show at Madison Square Garden because at that time, Ring of Honor and New Japan were working together, and that's where the Super G, G1 Supercar was created the following year. But WWE is known to bully people because they got their lawyers. It's the same lawyers they've been using when Vince McMahon had the steroid scandal. It's the same guy who's been being used for all types of stuff, the CM Punk situation, all that, Okay. They used it, they, they drag these cases, so then the company gives up and they like, you know, they want to drop the case or whatever. I think this time this is gonna backfire. I could be wrong, but it, it's gonna backfire. And it's WWE's gonna have to pay something because these are catching up with this company. A lot of things are catching up with this company. Okay. 20 years of mani- monopolizing the bro wrestling business and trying to take out all these. Companies out of business. They did it to evolve. Was no longer around, and this is gonna happen. I believe this is this is gonna be the ones gonna bite them in the ass, and they're probably gonna end up losing this case because, you know, they might subpoena Fox. They may subpoena a at a and E, um, you know, people, and find out if it's true that Stephanie McMahon was involved in that. This may backfire. This could be coming back to bite them in the ass. Because WWE, like I said, since the beginning of the year, they've been having a lot of problems. And they're not, this is not the only lawsuits they got. They got other lawsuits. And things are going to catch up to them. You know what I'm saying? Things are going to catch up to them. Karma is a bitch. 
and it's going to catch up to you. We'll be right back with more of WWE news after this. The Pro Wrestling Vault. 35 short stories including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. We're back. So let's talk about this supposedly forbidden door that WWE has and that they are working with Impact. Now, during the week, and this was the part that I was like, oh my God, I, I need to get on my podcast and talk about this. I can't wait to Sunday because the things I was seeing online of people talking about the forbidden door, how WWE may have the forbidden door open for their men's Royal Rumble who may come through. Uh, people went as far as saying that CM Punk may show up. Um, the uh, Cody Rose may come through. There's some, some a-hole on Facebook pretended that he heard something through Fight for Select that Cody has accepted going to the Royal Rumble. Uh, what else I saw? Uh, they were talking about Moves may come through. I mean, moves may come through, but highly doubt that because moves is under contract with Impact Wrestling. Now, you may say, well, Mickey James isn't under contract uh, with Impact Wrestling. No, she's not. She is not under contract with Impact Wrestling. She is in a working relationship with with um, with Impact on a, I guess, on a shake hand basis and the only reason she has the knockout championship and they never gave it to Deanna Perrazzo was because number one was a cloud it was a little cloud advertising from WWE for impact for the day before the hard to kill pay-per-view so they could get more looks at the hard to kill uh pay-per-view and then to top it off just so them to have some type of clout saying we got to bring Mickey James. But they kind of, again, what I mentioned in the beginning of the show was they kind of contradict themselves because this is the same company that let Mickey James go last year and they send their gear, her gear, her clothes in a garbage bag. Even though the guy who got fired was an a-hole to begin with and WWE knew he was an a-hole, but he worked, he worked on the WWE. And this was not the first time that he had done that. So now I'm hearing the WWE supposedly, supposedly apologize to Mickey James for the way they treated her. Okay. Now this came through a Facebook uh, post. I, I don't believe it's true. Now I'm not seeing that anywhere in Wrestle Talk or Fight to Select or any other, um, you know, any other um, dirt sheet. Okay. And. People are going just ballistic over this. Oh, suppose this guy shows up from, you know, Fatu may show up, Jacob Fatu. 
not after the bullshit that happened with MLW. This is what I'm talking about. No common sense, no logic. These WWE fans and these sports entertainment fans are going nuts and doing fantasy booking. Now, there's nothing wrong with fantasy booking. But again, logic and common sense. Since when this company worked with any other company freely with no problems? Never. If you say, well, back in the days, and the NWA belts were defended at Raw, the NWA back then was worth shit. Okay? The NWA was worth nothing back then. The NWA had went down. They defended the NWA belts, and Jim Cornette was trying to, to, to how you call it, uh, uh, continue the legacy of the NWA back then. They, they even brought Jeff Jarry as the North American NWA champion. Okay, I remember that. You know, uh, it's it's again. My thing is, your guys are going crazy over something that I believe, and I definitely know for a fact that this is all bullcrap. This is to get people to watch the Royal Rumble because if you think about it, if this was not happening, who's gonna watch the Royal Rumble? How many people are even going to bother to go see this Royal Rumble? Okay, Royal Rumble is one of the WWE's biggest shows. It's the top three. Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and Survivor. Uh, well, the top four, I'm sorry. Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, uh, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. And as you well know, the Rumble is one of the best. To me, the Royal Rumble is one of the best shows they have because of the Rumble. But let's be realistic. They knew that nobody was going to watch the Rumble this year. They had let go so many people that they had to do this. They had to get a Mickey James, who was a knockout champion, and bring her in. So people were like, oh, look, they're going to have. And I'm telling you right now, people are going crazy thinking that Mickey James is going to last long in the Rumble. She's probably going to be there probably five, ten minutes, and she's going to get kicked out. Okay. Now you're talking about now they're having this, what I saw on, on Friday Night SmackDown. Was Lita confronting Charlotte? Charlotte looks worse every time I see her. I don't know what she's doing to herself cosmetically, but she looks horrible. She looked like a Chico stick, okay? The girl looked horrible. All this makeup, she looks older than what she really is, okay? She looks horrible. And she took the worst twist of fate from Lita this past Friday. The woman sucks. I don't care what anybody tells me that she could wrestle. I had a, 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 a argument with somebody this past Friday. They were like, oh, she's 14 times champion in NXT. And the first thing I told that person, name me a title ring that she has had that is a member. He couldn't give me one. Okay? And I'm going to keep telling people that. If you think Charlotte is the best woman wrestler in the world right now, because she had all these damn belts with it. They are meaningless. Her title rings have been meaningless. Okay? And the reason they would have been doing that is because she's Ric Flair's daughter. Okay? All right? And that twist of faith that she took was horrible. Horrible. The worst twist of faith I've ever seen in my life. And you can't blame Lita because Lita's not the one taking it. She's giving it. And Charlotte took it 
horrible. The woman is horrible. She can't do a moonsault. She's that's the worst moonsault in wrestling. She can't take a damn bump like she's supposed to. She is horrible. Okay, and she's part of the rumble, which makes no sense to me. Because I mean, I understand if I leave coming nowhere, and I know a lot of you are gonna say, "Oh well, New Japan puts their cha- world champion in the G1 climax." You're right. You're right. And the G1 climax, if the champion wins the whole tournament, he gets to choose who he defends the belt. Okay. But the best part of it is, the best part of it is that if even during the tournament, if the champion gets pinned during the tournament, what would Pencil gets a title shot? WWE's not going to do that. WWE doesn't go that far. Okay. And especially now, if WWE is suffering from female wrestlers, okay, and they had, I think they had 11 spots still open, okay, and you got to bring all these females from the past. Again, I'm going to say it again. They contradicted themselves because now you bring in Kelly Kelly, Trish Stratton, Lita, Mickey James. All these ladies are over 40 or 30s. You said a couple of months ago that you were not going to bring in anybody over 30. Now, you're going to say, well, these are legends. So if you want to call Kelly Kelly a legend. Um or oh, Mickey James a legend, but realistically, they still contradict themselves. The craziest thing I saw this week was Natalia attacking Aaliyah, who is Aaliyah is a fucking terrible wrestler. That girl should have been cut years ago when she was in NXT for five years. She did not. That girl has not. Excel in her wrestling skills. She is horrible. But this weekend, this Friday, you saw her pin Natalia in 3.7 seconds, and they had the nerve to announce it. Since when on since when WWE announced a time limit of a match? It's been years. But they went out of their way this week. Had Natalia. Who's been a champion, and she probably one of the pioneers from the Divas Day, uh, one of the you know Bret Hart's you know legacy, you could say, an agenda, Anthony Nightheart legacy, and you went and you embarrassed her because that's what you did. You embarrassed her. Natalia attacked her inside the ring, and they did not ring the bell. This is something that drives me nuts. They did not ring the bell. The referee stopped her, made sure that Aaliyah was good, and then next thing you know, Aaliyah's like, oh, yeah, I can wrestle with her. And next thing you know, they ring the bell, and she rolls Natalia 3.7 seconds. You're pushing a chick who can't wrestle for crap. She has not enhanced her skills at all. And she's not marketable because that's another thing that Nick Khan and and Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard and John Laurinaitis have come up with that she has to be, a wrestler has to be marketable. Aaliyah is not marketable, okay? She wasn't good in NXT. She's not good now. And I don't care what anyone says, that woman has not enhanced her skills, okay? That is the crazy part. That is the crazy part. Because they, 
Natalia gets pinned 3.7 seconds in a match. Okay, and you e-droids, okay, think this is cool. This is entertainment. And yet, it's sports entertainment. You entertain yourself to the bullcrap that WWE brings you. And yet, you're all going crazy over this forbidden door. Okay? Even Scott DeMore said, oh, they're a little too late, but come on, Scott, stop it. Impact is only doing this is because they need viewers. And somebody said that they're going to get the highest viewer better than when they went with AEW. No, because there's no one in WWE right now that Impact is going to, first of all, you're not going to have Impact wrestlers show up at WWE. It's not going to happen, okay? The difference between AEW working relationships with Impact was that Kenny Omega, AEW World Champion, went to Impact first. Let's get that straight. It was Impact who allowed AEW World Champion to go to the shows, okay? And then he kind of went in a, uh, the following month. They did a six-man tag, which included Moose, Chris Saban, and Rich Swan against the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. And then it wasn't until April that then they had they worked together for four months. Now it's not my it's not AEW's fault that your viewers stop watching when you know when when Omega had the belt and they didn't support the product. So you decided to uh bound for glory to pick up the inspiration or whatever her name names are, give them the belt. And whatnot. I think there was already some type of work relationships with WWE on a download that we don't know about because uh, the Iconics went into Impact and the belts were given to them right away. Mickey James was given the title that night. Okay, that was the night that Josh Alexander's title was stolen away from him. Okay, so Impact they want to sleep with the devil. You go right ahead, sleep with the devil. Look what happened to Evolve. I said this last week, and I will keep saying it. Look. What happened to Evolve? Evolve decided to work with WWE, let their talent go to NXT, and WWE decided to buy the library just to stick it to AEW because a lot of the AEW wrestlers went through Evolve, and they bought the library and left that company to die. They did not care. Evolve is no longer around. So Impact thinks that they're going to, oh, you know, we're gonna, yeah, they may be bought by Anthem, but it's not. They're not mean I go out of business because Anthem owns them. But if they decided they want to go to the bed with the devil, the WWE, okay, and the way they treat their talent, well, you go right ahead. Because I'm sure that what's going to happen is you're still not going to get over 100,000. Nobody's really going to watch the pay-per-views, okay? And now, right now, it looks like Yelp Impact wants to work with Ring of Honor and whatnot so because they, got, they just signed PCO. For, with Impact, it's not, I mean, that's not a big deal. Uh, PCO was not going to come back to Ring of Honor. Anyway, he made it known, okay? But the 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 OG Kingdom is there. Maria Canellas is there. They're probably going to do some Ring of Honor versus Impact type shit, and that's about it. They're trying to get clout. They're not. Right now, they got the Gorillas of Destiny coming in on January 20 and the 21st for taping. I don't know where's that going to go. Are they going to start feeding with the Good Brothers? If that happens, then they are in the right path. But them working with WWE, that's not a good move. And I'm telling you right now, this Mickey James working with WWE is a one-time deal because this is not the first time they've done that. They brought in people who were not under contract in the past to 
I'm on the rumble and the path, and nothing's going to happen out of this. Don't stop with this. CM Punk may come through. Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, stop. It's not happening. We'll be right back after this. Hi, this is James Rodens from the WNR Podcast, and you are listening to the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. And we're back, so we're going to talk a little bit AEW. Uh, what I saw online during Dynamite, it is crazy. But before we do that, let's talk about what WWE commented on the Gorin self-mutilation in a recent AEW women's match that included uh, Anna J, Ty Conti versus Penelope Ford and Bunny. And that match, you know, uh, was hardcore, both all for women bled. But WWE had a statement and read, if you look at the gory self-mutilation that bloody several women in December 31st event on TNT, it quickly becomes clear that these are the very different businesses. We had an edgier product in the Attitude Era and in 2022 world. We don't believe that type of dangerous and brutal display is appealing to network partners, sponsors, venues, children, or the general public as a whole. Again, contradicting themselves because in the attitude era there were kids watching the attitude era and there was a lot of tits and ass being shown during that era and no one could come to me and tell me no that's not true which is bullshit okay wwe is coming out of nowhere talking about oh it's not good for networks it's not good for business if that was the case the aew right now will be going out of business because if that's the case why will tbs or tnt have them in their network but this is wwe again trying to make themselves look all oh, word the clean fun uh pg 14 but you do the same thing you were doing that in the attitude era worse than anybody okay hardcore people getting Thrown off freaking uh, uh, um, from scaffolds and all that. Are you kidding me? Okay. You know, WWE just annoys me very much. And, yes, I will definitely say that I do not like. I don't like this WWE now the way it was when I was growing up. This is a – these people are out of touch. They are – yeah, and people support this. And I call your guys e-droids because you don't watch anything – outside of wwe you think wwe is professional wrestling no it's not that's garbage that's sports entertainment that's circus acts okay circus acts so anyway let's get with the aew here and 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 that was another thing that really really pissed me off of this week with the uh thing uh let's start off with aew dynamite Uh, adam cole came out the beginning of the show doing a promo uh, and talk about the um, about them being the best tag teams, uh, the best group. And he came with the Red Dragon, and then the Young Bucks came out. They pretty much teased a friendly competition, as Adam Cole called it, um, between Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. They're teasing that they're going to go at it somewhere down the line, friendly competition. 
So, I mean, that is cool, but it wasn't until the best friends came out. And now, out of whole, that whole promo, they announced that it's going to be an intergender match because Chris Dallander confronted Adam Cole and Britt Baker came out of nowhere to defend him. So now we're going to have this Wednesday, Adam Cole and Britt Baker, Dr. DMD versus Chris Dallander and Orange Cassidy. Uh, the AEW pretty much doing a warlord promo. They are pushing this guy to the moon. I'm telling you right now. And speaking about that, there was rumors going around this week that WWE is interested in Warlow, but funny that Warlow's Warlow made a comment probably a couple of hours before that uh, announcement came from WWE that he wanted to be an AEW for life. But so like some podcasts say, but things change, things can happen, and he could end up going to WWE. Uh, one of the podcasts that I heard, he said he should go now to WWE, and I'm like, no. Why go to WWE to do what? If your name is not Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns, you're not getting pushed. Simple as that. Warlord right now is could be big. Okay. And the storyline that he was in, that he's in right now, is perfect. Because right now, him and CM Punk had a good match. And people were complaining about this that he, that CM Punk did not sell to the nine power bombs that Warlord gave him. The hell do you want him to do? He sold the damn nine power bombs. Okay, he nearly got beaten. And if you guys stop freaking being um pretty much uh, conditioned WWE way, okay, and notice that there was a story being told during this match, and the story is that CM Punk was getting beat up by Warlow. But Warlord could not pin him because MJF wants to be the first one to pin him. He just wanted him to punch him. So the story, that was the story. Yes, CM Punk rolled up Warlord and pinned him after, you know, MJF distracting Warlord and stopping Warlord from doing, you know, pinning him. He wanted him to continue hitting him with the power bombs. So, yes, the story was good because now you're going to have MJF will be the first one to pin CM Punk, okay? The first one to pin CM Punk. It happened with the Jericho storyline, and it happened now. This is the same thing. This is perfect storytelling, and you guys want what? Him to pin CM Punk, and then what? What was going to happen with the storyline between him and MJF? He's considered the best in the world. Best in the world. He's going to let Warlow who's just a rookie or a guy who's just coming up, okay, get pinned, let him get pinned. So then what's going to happen with the story with MJF? You see, you see, you people don't think. Your people don't 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 think outside the box. Y'all in a little bubble, a little circle. Uh, that, um, you know, CM Punk didn't, didn't sell the nine power bombs. Really? Crying. You guys cry for everything. These wrestling fans today cry for any little bull crap because they're conditioned the WWE way. Okay? This was a good match. The powerhouse Hobbs versus Dante Martin. Uh, Hobbs attacked him the minute the match started, you know, and pretty much dominated most of the match. And if it wasn't until Starks kind of interfered with Dante Martin was trying to do a comeback, 
and put the boots on uh, uh, Dante Martin outside. Uh, you know, and he tried to interfere with Jay Lethal, who came out to stop Ricky Stauffer interfering, and Dante ended up pinning Hobbs. Now we're going to have a Ricky Stark versus Jay Lethal for the FTW championship. We don't know when, but that's going to happen. But the question to me on this storyline, why, why happened to Leo Rush? Why is Leo Rush now no longer part of this uh, feud with Dante Martin against the Taz faction? I have a theory, and my theory is that I believe he probably got suspended for him opening his mouth in the big swole Tony Khan situation and and told Tony Khan, apologize. Like, you're telling the boss to apologize to another person. So I believe he hasn't been on TV since December 8th. So now the question is where he's been at. Hmm. Then another uh, nice little feud that looks like it's about to happen, and that's Chris Jericho versus uh, Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston told the uh, probably powerful that he's the reason, uh, Jericho's the reason why they're not tag team champion. I could see probably powerful going with Eddie Kingston and turning on Jericho. That's going to happen. And uh, Santana's kind of teasing it online. So, I mean, you got to read his little cryptos. So I believe there's going to be something going on there. Hangman Page came out to do his promo. Dan Lambert comes out. That guy's annoying. He's annoying. So it's just crazy. And Lance Archer came out of nowhere. It looked like he was going to attack Lambert. But Lambert said, look, you're in the ring with the world champion. Take advantage of it. And next thing you know, what happened? Hangman Page gets attacked by Lance Archer. And my thing is, why Lance Archer out of all people? Why not Miro? Why not uh, uh, Daniel... Ryan Danielson come out again attacked him. Or Lance Archer? No, as much as I love Lance Archer because I'm a big fan of Lance Archer, but Lance Archer time in AEW has been not utilized the way he's supposed to be utilized. Okay, Um, and you know they gave him the United States title, uh, IWGP title, but that was because New Japan wanted him to do that so he could lose it to Tadahashi. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm not too crazy about this Hangman Page. Versus Lance Archer, I could see him losing. Archer losing to him. Uh, Anderson and uh, Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson uh, got confronted by FTR. Uh, R. Anderson talked about he was in Horseman Country. Tully Blanchard came out. They're teasing a R. Anderson Tully Blanchard uh, fight. We've still been waiting for that for a while. That's not gonna happen. Then we had the Sheeta versus Deep, and this match pretty much. Uh, was over even before it began because Deep attacked Sheeta from behind, attacking Sheeta's knee into uh, the steel step, and she started working it. The referee had to stop the match for the sake of Sheeta, and um, Deep just continued attacking her, beating the crap out of her during this match, and referees and other people came out to stop her uh, because she took a candlestick and attacked Sheeta's knee. Sheeta's knee looked horrible. She put it on on. on Twitter and it was swollen like a bag of ice. It was just bad. It was bad. But Jurassic Express got challenged by John Silver and Alex Reynolds from Dark Order. We had a Matt Hardy versus Penta match. Uh, this match, I really, really didn't care about this. Hardy versus Penta with the side effect on the edge of the ring. Hardy went for Moonsault but missed. Then to get packaged, apologized for the win by Penta. Afterwards, uh, Malachi comes out after Penta called him out. But the varsity club comes out to triple team 
uh, Malachi, the lights went out, and all of a sudden, Brody King, the former six-man Ring of Honor tag team champion, who was part of the Villain Enterprise, is now part of the House of Black. So Brody King made his debut on Dynamite this past Wednesday. Bad Country versus Acclaim. I really didn't care for this match. Acclaim wins, but Sting and Darby came out to beat the crap out of the Acclaim as Sting hit the death drop on Caster. Now you already know there's going to be another match between these two tag teams coming up. Pack promo looks like Pac did a promo and it looked like he would be joining the House of Black because he did something about and now I see uh, what you're talking about. So that's, that. I don't know, it had to do with the eyes and you know, I don't know, that looks like he's probably going to be House of Black member. Sammy Guevara versus Daniel Garcia for the interim TNT title match. This was pretty good. The match started physical. Sammy hit Garcia on the head with his thigh as he flew over the rope to the outside. Um, chopped the bricks out of Garcia at one point. Garcia called Sammy mid-air into a backbreaker. Garcia turned the GTAs into a scorpion deathlock, which was amazing. Garcia called Sammy with a chokehold when he attempted a cutter. 2.0 then attacks Jericho and Kingston, but Sammy catches Garcia with a GTA doing that whole scuffle outside for the win. Uh, so that was AEW Dynamite. Um, AEW Rampage, we saw Adam Cole versus Trent Beretta. Beretta uh, had Cole off balance during the mid- beginning of that match outside toward the elite. Uh, um, he went outside because Cole was outside and his legs got leg sweep into the edge of the ring. He hit his head, his back and neck on the edge of the ring. Cole started working on his neck. Trent went for a spear, but went head first into the railing on the outside. Trent started making a comeback with a DDT. Avalanche supers for a two count on Cole. Cole with a backstabber. Power drive on the edge on the ring by Trent on Cole, which was ridiculous. A Canadian destroyer done by Cole for a two count. Trent came back, hit a Saito suplex, and then uh, he hit strong zero for a two count on Cole, but he got out. Everything breaks out of him. I mean, Best friends and, and, and the elite go start fighting. I think, including the, uh, Britt Baker and Chris Stanley, they start fighting. And Adam Cole took advantage of that whole situation. He low blow Trent and hits the boom and pins him. Then we had a Rosa Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez promo. Uh, they're pretty much setting up. I think these girls are going to go at it on Wednesday. Mercedes Martinez, she is a badass. Thunder Rosa is another badass. That's going to be good. Two of the best wrestlers in the world. Going at it this Wednesday coming up. Sean Spears, Russell, uh, Andrew Everett, who is very known in the Carolina area. Everett tried to hit a high flying move only to get caught by Spear and got hit with a C4 for the win. The aftermath, Spear kind of disses Warlord, saying that Warlord was a, a one move wonder. Warlord looked like he didn't like what he said, but you could tell Warlord is going to be the guy who's going to be. And a big major storyline coming up very soon with the Pinnacle and all that. We had Layla Hirsch, Chris Dallin, and Red Velvet versus uh, Nyla Rose, Bunny, and Penelope Four. This is a good match, but the whole story of this match was Layla Hirsch not cooperating with the rest of her tag teams, more toward Chris Dallander, as she cost the team the match when she started arguing with Chris Dallander, when she tagged Dallander, when Sandra was in the ring in control, Layla Hurst tacked herself in. They started arguing. Uh, Bunny kind of pushed Layla into Stan Lander and pinned uh, Layla, and it cost the team 
of course, Chris Town and his team. Man of the Year promo. Again, pretty much it looks like Scorpio Sky is going to be the next challenger to face uh, Sammy Kabar for the interim tag team TNT title. He just he just said him and Cody Rhodes need to figure this this stuff out. He hasn't been pinned in 200-something days, he said. So we'll see. Jay Lethal came out and confronted Ricky Stark. And when I said he challenged him for the FTW title, it's funny because Taz was like, he doesn't give a shit. If Jay Lethal was the Ring of Honor World Champion, which they announced it on AEW, which is amazing, but that is cool. Then we had the main event. The AEW Tag Team title was on the line. And what uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds challenged the champion, Jurassic Express. Dark Order was in control with Silver holding up uh, Jungle Boy outside in a suplex position while Alex Reynolds went, uh, did a body press between the ropes. Then afterwards, Luchasaurus came in the ring and he kind of controlled both Reynolds and Silver at one point choke slamming Silver on top of Reynolds. Jungle Boy on top for a super leg, but he got caught by John Silver. John Silver looked like he wanted to do a German super from the second rope, but he was uh couldn't do it because Jungle Boy was holding on to Alex Reynolds and then uh Luchasaurus came under Reynolds and power bomb all of them from the court from the top turbuckle afterwards. Um uh, Good match. It was a good match for both both teams. So Silverson uh, was sent into Uno by Jungle Boy when he did a Hurricanrana on the edge of the uh, actually over the ring, over the top rope. Jungle Boy hit a Canadian destroyer on Reynolds, and Jungle Express hit their finishing move on Reynolds for the win. So that was your uh, AEW rapper. So it was pretty two good shows, even though AEW didn't make didn't do the one million mark. I don't know what uh, Rampage did. Friday, but uh, people need to stop with this bullshit with this. Yeah, one million mark, two million mark. Wrestling will never hit another three million, four million mark ever again because those days are over. Okay, uh, the fact that they AEW did a nine hundred fifty thousand last week, they did a million. It's not bad because this is a this was a company that two three years ago people were talking about. Oh, they're gonna do five hundred thousand. They're gonna hit. Uh, they're gonna do impacts. Uh, impact number impact is not even nowhere near even a hundred thousand they barely make a hundred thousand so they did pretty good it was a good show but again the complaint of the aew uh haters was that cm punk did not sell to water unbelievable anyway we'll be right back with a little bit more news hey what's going on it's your boy jada red sante host of turnbuckle tabloid and you're listening to the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. And we're back. So there's a couple of stories here that I want to go through. Former Impact star Rohi Raju made his AEW debut during the second session of taping, listening to Captain Sean Dean at uh, AEW Dark. So that's, I don't know if he's going to get signed, but you already know that Raju won the Impact X Division Championship on August 2020. He held the title for 120 days before losing the gold to Manic, which I remember watching that and whatnot, which was kind of ridiculous with Manic. Uh, his mask was taken off. That was the whole thing. You could tell it was TJP. Uh, you know, the, this is the type of thing that, you know, Impact does, which makes no damn 
sense. Uh, Bailey and Sasha back. Expected return dates revealed. Uh, I believe that uh, Sasha Banks should be back somewhere. Uh, I believe, let's see, the, they're saying that Bailey notably picked up an ACL injury while training at performance at the head of WWE return touring in July 2021. So Bailey is expected to return in March, but could be back on screen as early as February, which would be cool. The reports say that Sasha Bank is out of action to suffer a foot injury at a WWE house show. She's expected back in mid-March. So that is, you know, that is something to look forward to. The NXT Men's Dusty Road Tag Team Classic 2022 teams announced. So let's go here real quick to see what are the teams that they announced for the NXT Tag Team Classic. They got Malik Blade and Edris Enoff. MSK, of course, Wes Lee and Nash Carter. Brooke Jensen and Josh Briggs. Uh, Jackie Tom, Kushida, and Inkerman Jiro. The Grizzly Young Veteran, uh, Andrew Chase and Bohe Hayward, Legado de Fantasma, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild, and the Creed Brothers, Julius Creed and Bruce Creed. You know, those tag teams have just been mentioned right there. MSK is the only one that I know that I know about. I know about the Grizzly Young Veterans. Okay. Uh, what else do I know here? That's it. Everybody else in here, uh, I really don't know any of them. So let's go also now here. AEW held talks with, with Lita for a major program in 2021, which uh, that's surprising to me. And I think this is probably the reason uh, that WWE brought her back. But let's not go crazy because this was probably in the summertime when uh, AEW kind of talked to Lita. They couldn't come into agreement. So that's why it never happened. Also, there's been a video going around by the Briscoe brothers challenging FTR. And that's been going around saying that F, uh, FTR is just running their mouth, but they don't want to step into the ring. They're kind of calling on AEW Tony Khan to make this happen. Uh, so Tony Khan pretty much said comments of Briscoe potentially, potentially joining AEW. He said, you know, it could, the possibilities can happen, but we don't know. But I want to see that match. I want to see FTR versus the Briscoe Brothers because uh, the Briscoe Brothers uh, videos are, you know, are right now one of the, my favorite stuff that they're doing right now. So that is cool to me. So that, that would be very, very, oh, my God. Imagine that wrestling match between, you know, you know, between the Briscoe Brothers versus the FTR in an AEW arena. Oh, ring at that. You know, it's it's you know it, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. Tommaso Ciampa supposedly uh, has a new look. He doesn't have that gray beard they used to have. He had a brown beard coming through. I I, I really don't know what's the big deal about that. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I, I really don't know. So I don't, and I don't know why Tommaso Ciampa is still with WWE. I, I really don't. I really don't. Uh, one thing I I saw this week was Bobby Lashley. Uh, he had a promo with Brock Lesnar, and Lesnar kind of like dissed him. Lesnar said, "I, you said you only want to face me twenty years ago. I didn't even know who you were." Uh, who is writing this? Kind of did you kind of dissing uh, Bobby Lashley? Bobby Lashley has been around for a while, and he is a 
a guy who has made his name and made his name of himself in the wrestling business. But this is WWE. You know, this is crazy. So uh, I'm looking here at how Mickey James uh, detailed how the Royal Rumble appearance came to be. Now, this is something else that, uh, again, I don't know. Supposedly, they claim that uh, WWE apologized to Mickey James. So WWE made news last Friday when it was announced that the current Impact Knockouts champion, Mickey James, will be entering the 2022 Women's Royal Rumble. This is WrestleTalk. And supposedly, Jane Beasley spoke to Ariel Arwani, where she did tell her parents on 22 Women. She said, it was a few weeks ago, and Scott had called me first just to kind of see where I was at and if I was interested. I think immediately I was excited because I think about this historically has never happened before for WWE to this to do this or have anyone participating in the wrestling to acknowledge the championship. It's really, it's really, it's cool, and it just shows a different amount of respect. I feel really great about it. Plus, I think in my mind, the last thing people bring up or talk about was the end of the spectrum with, and so it's just cool not to have that be the thing or the last thing or whatever that is. So I'm excited, uh, honestly. Really? Uh, first of all, you kind of contradicted yourself because that shows that you got disrespected, and yet, even if they disrespected, you're still trying to look for nostalgia, you know, it's crazy. She said that John Logan and I reached out to Scott first, just talked to him professionally because this has never really happened, been done before by them. But definitely they talked first to see if this was going to be something they because they worked together. Impact worked together with WWE in the past year, past for other things, you know, when Flair went to the Hall of Fame and Christian Cage and all that stuff. So it wasn't unforeseen that this could possibly happen. But yeah, so I think that's why Scott first reached out to Mickey James to see what are interested once but uh you know I, I don't know i don't know now whoever put that that wwe apologized to mickey james on social media i don't see that sitting nowhere again the trolls are full of fact trying to you know make a name for themselves it's unbelievable i, I, I sometimes ask myself does these guys have anything else to do anyway Matt Cardona is making a lot of news. Supposedly, Mark Cardona, uh, he pretty much uh, wrestled Friday night in the GCW. He wrestled Rhino uh, out of, uh, for the, check this, for the uh, ECW, yes, you hear me right, the ECW, uh, Television championship, all right, and at uh, GCW is most notorious. Yesterday, he gets the title. He talks about the title not worth nothing, and tries it into the garbage can like Medusa did with the woman's woman's title back in 1996 or 90. I think it was 96 or 97. So. I don't know. Mike Cardona is doing a lot of noise lately. He's the number one contender for me for the NWA title. He's in GCW. He doesn't fully had luck, but now he's back. He took that uh, ECW television title and threw it in the garbage. Uh, he talked about Paul Heyman, that he doesn't care about what Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman, um, yeah. It's, I, I don't know where they're going with this, but supposedly, you know, it's crazy. So now, right now, there's a report that just 
three minutes, four hours ago that Britt Baker feels you can't trust anything with WWE. Girl, you're right. And I agree with that. So here's the report on that was that AEW Women's Champion Britt Baker has recalled WWE showing interest in her, believing that you can't trust anything with that company. In October 2020, uh, 20, in October 2021, Baker confirmed report that WWE was hopeful about signing her, noting that the interest wasn't mutual. Speaking with Kenny McIntosh for Inside the Rules, the AEW star has now explained that she doesn't find WWE desirable and she feels talent cannot trust the company. I mean, this is what she said. I mean, exactly. I can't disagree with you. They definitely express interest, unfortunately. I got to pick and choose how I say this, but I just feel like you can't trust anything with that company. Whereas AEW, I never been promised anything that didn't follow through. So it's something that unfortunately is sad that it comes down to that, that it makes the company not really desirable because you can't trust anything they say. And I know business is business, and I understand totally that's what it is. But as a wrestler, business is as business as well. They can set the team with a real life partner, Adam Cole, on AEW Dino to face Chris Allen and Orange Cassidy in a mixed tag team match coming up this Wednesday. And that's the way I'm going to end this podcast so there you go guys if you guys think that wrestlers don't speak to each other from other promotions because they'll make this wwe aew the enemies of that talent roster hate that talent roster no got it all wrong so uh, again i meet a lot of people in the wrestling especially wrestling fans and what they say others are respectful and say look i'm a wwe fan i'm not gonna lie uh, I just started watching AEW. It's cool. And then you got those hardcore fans. They want to give, come with apologies for WWE does. Yes, you got some people that don't like AEW, and you got a good you got a good explanation. You like WWE more because it's more entertaining. Kudos to you. But I am a pro wrestling fan, and I'm going to speak my mind off, regardless of what happened. Again, guys, you know that I... I'm going to say whatever I want in this platform. You don't like it. You don't have to listen. Okay. Again, uh, it is what it is. So uh, that is it for me today, guys, uh, for my podcast. Again, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, follow me on the YouTube channel. I didn't mention this in the beginning of the podcast. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, check out the videos and the content I have there. Subscribe to the channel. Give me a thumbs up. I got a bunch of stuff there. You can check it out. Uh, if you haven't seen any of the episodes I have there, uh, also check out the website again, the tcwr.veryimpressive.com. tcwr.veryimpressive.com, the home of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. You guys can order your, your podcast merchandise there. I got hats, I got t shirts, and I got my black hoodie with the Chokeslam Wrestling Report logo among other stuff in there. So go check that out uh, and whatnot. If you didn't get anybody a present for Christmas, you can go there and check it out and get your stuff real quick. I appreciate everybody who has supported the podcast, supported the website, and supported me and all the stuff I've been doing. Again, um, I'm trying to, you know, uh, upgrade the brand. But when you got a lot of stuff going on, it's hard. You know, sometimes you try to get ad, uh, ad advertisers to you know, back you up. Sometimes that shit doesn't work. I mean, it is what it is. This is why I, I ask for your help 
uh, purchasing uh, a t-shirt or hoodie on my website. That would really, really help my podcast and the Chokes Night Wrestling Forum. Until then, guys, be safe. Uh, hopefully, this will be over soon. I mean, we're going through. I'm still going to wrestling events. I don't care. Um, so, again, I went to the House of Glory uh, event this past Friday. It was a great, nice little tournament that they had. Um, again, uh, uh, they, they're killing it. House of Glory uh, is not a uh, indie show. I don't even think it's, a, it's, it's the, the best show going on in New York right now. Best promotion to hopefully uh, expand. Until then, guys, be safe. And the one and only Ultima tells you top guy.